called Dr. Arthur Perry. He's one of the top plastic surgeons. He's got offices in Manhattan, New Jersey. You know, and he's been doing a show here on WOR for years and years and years. Very uh, popular show and a great plastic surgeon. Everybody has questions on this subject, so uh, he's the guy to ask. Dr. Arthur Perry. The public wants to know. The public doesn't give a damn. And I went to his office and I said, mm. I said, look at my face. He goes, yeah, look at your face. We're going to do your face. What can you do with his face? I go like that. I swear to God. I go, look at this. I'm getting old. Like I said, I want to maybe you could fix it up a little bit. Dr. Oz, are you there? I'm here, Arthur, and I want to get applaud you, having worked with you on a book and numerous other activities. You want to talk to Arthur Perry? The best in plastic surgery. Remarkable knowledge, but also your grace in delivering content, which is why it's been a blessing to have you on my show so many times. When I was a resident at the University of Chicago, we had a... That means you're smart. As a really, really gifted physician, uh, I want to pay you the, the highest tribute I can give to a surgeon, which is when people come to you, they don't come for an operation, they come for an opinion. And that's why I trust you with my uh, friends and relatives. I didn't realize we were going to get the Michael Jordan of plastic surgeon. 90210 bows to this guy. And welcome. This is Dr. Arthur Perry. This is What's Your Wrinkle right here on WOR. I hope you're all having a wonderful summer weekend. It's beautiful out there, isn't it? Well, it's beautiful. But today the uh, UV index was 7.1. What does that mean? That means you need sunscreen. We'll talk about that in a few minutes. This is the show, yeah, about sunscreen, about your appearance, about your wrinkles, about uh, your sagging breasts and breasts that might be too small and uh, maybe fat around your hips or a belly that is uh, protruding after pregnancy. Well, I'm a board-certified plastic surgeon. That's why uh, we're talking about these topics today. This is What's Your Wrinkle here on WOR, where we've been for 17 years answering your questions and uh, and hopefully uh, educating you and maybe uh, entertaining you just a bit. Uh, who am I? If this is the very first time you've ever listened to the show, where have you been? Uh, there's nothing on any other station, so this is uh, the one to listen to. Well, I uh, am board certified in uh, plastic surgery, trained at Cornell, Harvard, University of Chicago. I'm on the faculty of Columbia University in New York, and I'm in private practice in New Jersey and uh, returning to Manhattan very soon. We're looking at office space now and We'll be opening up the Tribeca Surgery Center in just a few months. We'll keep you uh, up to date with that one. But I'm here to answer your phone calls on the air every Saturday evening. 800-321-0710 is the phone number at WOR. 800-321-0710. And we're giving away bottles of daytime. Daytime is my sunscreen, but it's a lot more than just a sunscreen. It is a skin protector because it's got niacinamide and some other very good things in it. I won't bore you with what it does other than the fact that it protects your skin, protects your skin from ultraviolet light and protects your skin from pollutants and things like that. Put it on in the morning, let it dry, put your makeup on over it, and you're good for the day. And it really is just a one-step morning program. So we're giving away bottles of daytime today. If you uh, give me a call, but you have to have a good question for me. You can't just call up. Some people think, eh, let's just call, get the free stuff. Can't do that. You have to pay for it with a question. 800-321-0710 is the phone number. I've got so many topics ready for you today. I'll tell you, I don't know if we're going to be able to do it all in one hour. But we're going to talk about one of my favorite topics the philtrum. What on earth is the philtrum? <laughs> well, if you stay tuned, you're going to learn about the most, one of the most important structures on your face in terms of facial aging and facial attractiveness, the philtrum. And no one knows what it is, but we're going to talk about that. And we're going to talk about how I make it look younger. We're also going to talk about, about self-esteem and cosmetic surgery. You know, 
a lot of people think cosmetic surgery is just vanity. You know, it's just uh, it's unimportant. It doesn't mean too much. Actually, it's a very, very important thing for many people. We're going to talk about self-esteem, psychological distress, and, uh, and what cosmetic surgery can do for you. So stay tuned. We'll be talking about that. We're talking about uh, fillers tonight also, and uh, some new fillers have been uh, FDA-approved recently. We'll talk about those. We're going to talk about local anesthesia during uh, surgery and, uh, and what a lot of my patients tell me they are they seem to get when they get an injection of local anesthesia. Boy, so many topics. And I'm also going to talk about what happens if you get pain in your breasts after having a breast augmentation. I got a call from a patient today about that, and, uh, and I'll tell you what I told her. I'm board-certified plastic surgeon Dr. Arthur Perry. 800-321-0710 is the phone number. 800 800- 3210710. So I told you the UV index was 7.1 today. Tomorrow, 5.6. So that's not too bad, right? You still need sunscreen. Anything over three, you need sunscreen. Monday, it's going back up to 8.3, and that's a dangerous UV index. And if you want to know what the UV index is, and you don't want to have to listen to me, just go to your weather app on your iPhone. Everybody has those now, right? And in the lower right-hand corner, it'll tell you what the UV index is at that moment. It won't tell you uh, unless you look for it what it is uh, at different times of the day. Uh, But certainly if it's 1 o'clock in the afternoon and there's a UV index of 8, you better be putting sunscreen on because in 20 minutes, just 20 minutes, you're going to overwhelm your immune system. And it goes from helpful, which I do think it is for the first 20 minutes, to harmful. And it'll age your skin. It'll cause skin cancers and premature wrinkling. And uh, you really want to put that sunscreen on. And it's an SPF 15 at least. And I, uh, I really think zinc oxide is the best of all sunscreens. All right, 800-321-0710 is the phone number. So let's start by talking about the philtrum. How many of you know what a philtrum is? Raise your hands. I see a few of you out there. Yeah, so the philtrum, it's a very important structure. Look at your upper lip if you're not driving. Look at your upper lip in the mirror. And if you are 30, you have a philtrum. If you are 60, you probably don't have much of a philtrum. What is it? It's that little depression in the middle of your upper lip. So between your nose and your lip, there's a depression. And you can put your index finger there. You can put your index finger right in the philtrum. And that's how it got its name, by the way. Philtrum means love. And uh, it's very important when you kiss someone. Because in the old days, before uh, they had toothbrushing and before they had you know, Crest and Colgate, well, you know what women did a couple hundred years ago? They took flowers and they crushed them and kind of smeared them into their philtrum so that when someone went in for the kiss, they smelled the flowers and not the uh, the lamb that was eaten the day before. Oh, God, okay. Well, that's true. And the philtrum, the name of it is love, philtrum, about love. And, uh, and it is important in your upper lip. It's important because as you age, the philtrum kind of goes away. So if you look at a 30-year-old, you see a very defined upper lip, a, a distinct border between the red and the white of the upper lip. And the border, which is called the vermilion border, has a ridge to it. So if you touch your daughter's, you know, tell her you're going to do this first, touch your daughter's upper lip, run your finger along the upper lip, 
and you'll feel a ridge. But if you're 60, 63 maybe, and you do that, you don't feel uh, you don't feel that ridge anymore, do you? That's because it flattens as you get older. That vermilion border flattens, and the filtral ridge flattens. So the filtral ridge, there's two of them, and they connect the nose with the top of the cupid's bow. So remember, when you're 30, you've got a uh, a shapely upper lip. It's plump. It's got a distinct border. There's a cupid's bow, two peaks on your upper lip. And from the top of those peaks, there's a little ridge that runs to your nose. And that is what we're talking about today because that is called the filtral ridge. And it goes away. I've, I've actually never had anyone that actually that's not true because I've as I've talked about this on the radio, people have said to me, I have a no filtral ridge because they listen to me on the radio. But before I started talking about this, no one knew what the filtral ridge is because it's just not something you think about. And most people don't think about that. As you look at yourself in the mirror, you certainly see the wrinkles that begin to appear around your eyes in your 40s and 50s and 60s. You see those. You see the splotchiness of your skin, and you put progressively thicker amounts of uh, foundation and makeup on to hide those. But you can't build up those filtral ridges. You just can't. You can't put putty there, right? So... Uh, what happens when your ridges flatten as you get older, and as that vermilion border flattens as you get older, you get wrinkles, radial spokes of a wheel around your lips, those kind of wrinkles. You get lipstick bleed, and the appearance of a long upper lip. Because as those ridges go away, well, it looks like your lip lengthens. So some of your lip lengthening is real, as you get older, because it really does kind of stretch out. But some of it is illusion. It's the illusion that you see when those ridges go away. And there's also an illusion as your lip loses its plumpness. And those of you who are good at 10th grade geometry, you know what I'm talking about when I talk about a concavity or a convexity. Well, your lip is supposed to be a convexity. It's supposed to be plump. But as you get older, it becomes a concavity. That means it kind of goes in just a bit, and it involutes. And that also contributes to the appearance of a long upper lip. So when I use filler, when I use filler, and I do this every single day in my office, it's one of the most common things that I do, I, I numb you up. And because otherwise it would really hurt. It, even if you use that Emla cream, it would really hurt if we did this. So a lot of uh, plastic surgeons and dermatologists don't numb you up. They rely on that Emla cream. But I like it to be a non-painful experience because, uh, well, you know, who wants to hurt anyone if you don't have to? But if people don't know how to numb you up, then, you know, you have no alternative. But there are a couple nerves in the mouth that uh, I numb up like a dentist does. And then I go to town and I uh, go ahead and uh, I fix the wrinkles around the lips and I restore that vermilion border and I replace the filtral ridges. It's a very simple maneuver, but it's just not understood by so many different plastic surgeons because they, they, they just don't do it. I don't know why. Maybe they missed my lecture at Columbia. But, but the reason I'm talking about this today is because uh, this very topic was the subject of a paper in uh, the uh, July Aesthetic Surgery Journal. I'm sure all of you read that journal. It's a very important journal. All plastic surgeons do. So when we come back from our break, I'm going to tell you what they found out about the filtrum. It's really kind of interesting. So we'll be back in just a minute. This is Dr. Arthur Perry. This is What's Your Wrinkle right here on WOR. 800-321-0710 is the phone number. 800-321-0710. We'll be back after these words. 
Ladies, are you looking older than you feel? I'm board-certified plastic surgeon Dr. Arthur Perry. Aging is inevitable. We all know that, but I can help you age gracefully. I start with Botox to lessen frown lines, and I use the new Restylane Kiss. What a great name! To, well, you know, give you more kissable lips. No duck lips here. And I smooth the jawline and plump marionette lines with Juvederm. We might remove unsightly blemishes or even reduce splotchiness and rejuvenate the skin with a chemical or laser peel, or I can thicken crepey skin with Althera. And for the most dramatic rejuvenation, I perform short scar face and neck lifts. Let's sit down in my Somerset, New Jersey, or Beverly Hills offices for an hour consultation and come up with a plan to help you look better. Give me a call at 833-PERRY-MD. That's 833-P-E-R-R-Y-M-D. Check me out on the web at perryplasticsurgery.com. And don't forget to listen to me, Dr. Arthur Perry, every Saturday evening at 6 p.m. right here on WOR. You're listening to What's Your Wrinkle with Dr. Arthur Perry. What's your wrinkle? And we are back. This is Dr. Arthur Perry. This is What's Your Wrinkle right here on WOR. 800-321-0710 is the phone number. Give me a call. Ask me the questions that have been keeping you up at night. So if you're planning on having a consultation with a plastic surgeon this Wednesday and you don't have a clue whether or not you need a facelift, a laser peel, maybe just filler, or, you know, a combination of those, give me a call. Let's talk about it before your consultation so you can go in with the information you need to have uh, make an educated decision. All right, the philtrum, that's what we were talking about. That's your word for the day. When you go to that uh, cocktail party tonight at Sag Harbor, well, that's the word you're going to want to uh, mention to someone else, right? It's, uh, it's the philtral ridge. And uh, when I do lip enhancement, it's something that I do every day, every single day. Patients, uh, they don't ask me to uh, make their filtral, filtral ridges bigger or their filtrum, filtral columns bigger. But I do it in almost everybody because as you age, those filtral co- columns, hard word to say, kind of, they melt away. They kind of, they really do. So in the journal, Aesthetic Surgery Journal, uh, they actually asked uh, 1,100 people. They took 1,100 people and they showed them pictures of a woman in her 20s and a woman in her 60s. And on one of the pictures, they airbrushed the filtral columns so that they weren't, there weren't any. And the other one, there were filtral columns. So they had to reverse that for the 60-year-old because she did not have any. So it was interesting. They had pictures of a 20-year-old and a 60-year-old, one with a column and one without the column. And it was very interesting. They asked people, and there were half men and half women, that looked at these photographs. And they said, which person is more attractive? Isn't that, That's kind of interesting. So 84% looked at the young face and said the, the face with the filtral ridges was more attractive. So they didn't know exactly why. You know, they kind of just got that gestalt picture of the face. And they said that one was more attractive. And then for the older person, 68% said the older face was more attractive. Now, with an older face, there are more things going on, obviously. So, you know, there are jowls, there are, um, there are wrinkles around the lips, not just the filtral ridges. When there's a photograph of someone in their 20s and the filtral ridges have been reduced or removed, it was easier to see that that was not quite as attractive. So that's probably the difference between the 60-year-old and the 20-year-old. But interestingly, also, 81% of people said the young upper lip looked longer 
if the filtral ridges were absent. So nothing was actually done to the photograph other than reduce those ridges so you couldn't see them. And the lip looked younger, uh, looked longer rather, without them. And 67% said the older upper lip without the ridges looked, looked uh, longer. So the bottom line here is when I do this uh, rejuvenation and when I inject you with filler and reestablish your filtral ridges, you'll look more attractive based on this study and you will look younger based on this study and your lip will look shorter, which is a good thing. So it is kind of interesting. I'm Dr. Arthur Perry. This is What's Your Wrinkle right here on WOR. And you know, it's also interesting when we talk about looking attractive and looking better, plastic surgery is all about making you look normal. And I've talked about this on the show a lot because we, we certainly in plastic surgery see patients who want funny things. And uh, I was interviewed by uh, some internet newspaper, I guess it's called, uh, this week, and we were talking about the, uh, the attractiveness and what really, what kind of makes you think someone is attractive. And that changes over the decades. It changes over the centuries. If you think of 200 years ago, look at the paintings in the museums, and the attractive women were overweight women, you know, 100 years ago and 200 years ago. And the reason for that was because the overweight women were women who had food in the old days. Now, hopefully, we all have food. But, but those were more affluent women, and those were considered more desirable. Interesting. Now, in those photographs, or rather in the uh, the artwork in the museums, one thing they left out in all the uh, all the paintings was the smallpox scars, because everyone everyone had smallpox in the old days until you know the last century, the last fifty years actually. Everybody had smallpox, and the reason uh, their skin was pockmarked was because they survived the smallpox. The people that did not. Uh, obviously died. And the vaccine that came in, which was a cowpox vaccine, uh, interestingly, um, was, it was found out that the milkmaids got cowpox from cows. And because of that, they were immune to smallpox. So the milkmaids were the only people 200 years ago, 100 years ago, that had smooth skin. It's kind of an interesting story. But it brings us to attractiveness and self-esteem. So when we talk about cosmetic surgery, I have patients come to me and some of them can verbalize what it is that's wrong and some cannot. And I might get a 14-year-old woman, is that a girl or a woman? I don't know what's politically correct, but a 14-year-old woman who comes in and usually our mother is bringing her in and she says, you know, my daughter's nose is too large and she doesn't like it. And I talk to the 14-year-old. I try to talk to the 14-year-old and, and ask just what it is that bothers her about her nose. And usually, usually they will be able to verbalize what's wrong. It's too big, it's too wide, whatever it is. Sometimes they're not able to verbalize it. And if they can't verbalize it to me, I won't operate on them. No matter how much the mother wants me to operate on their daughter, if the daughter doesn't understand and can't verbalize what is wrong and what it entails to fix it and what can possibly go wrong in surgery, then it's not ethically correct for the plastic surgeon to operate on that person. Because even a six-year-old who has got protruding ears, if they are bothered by the ears and if they're teased by their friends, so-called friends in school, they will be able to tell me 
my ears stick out, I want them fixed. Even a six-year-old can do that. So if a 14-year-old cannot do that, I won't operate on her. But most can. And when they come into the office, often a, a woman who is 14 with a very large nose, doesn't look you in the eye, might be introverted. It's not across the board, of course, but it is very, very common. And when I do operate on those women and perform a rhinoplasty, and that's the name of the operation where we reduce the hump usually, we narrow the tip, and usually it's a large nose that we make a little bit smaller. When I do that operation in a woman and we go through the surgical procedure, which takes about three hours and it's done under general anesthesia, then they have a splint on their nose and a little bruising under their eyes. Usually a 14-year-old will not sleep much for a couple of days afterwards. Interestingly, if I do this operation on a 30-year-old, their sleep is not affected all that much. But, but almost uniformly, those 14-year-olds uh, or 16-year-olds will come into my office a week after surgery to have their splint taken off, and they barely slept. It's, it's some interesting phenomenon that a psychologist or psychiatrist should study, but the sleep is really, really disturbed in a younger person. And I think it's a combination of fear of the result, anxiety, and a lot of other factors. Regardless, what then happens is remarkable in almost all cases where the introverted, quiet, woman at age 14, as she looks at her nose, and there's usually a little smile. And then over the course of weeks and months, as the swelling goes down and the nose takes its final shape, I also notice in the post-operative visits a change in the personality, a very interesting change. And I've seen over and over introverted girls become extroverted, and women who will not look you in the eye, look you in the eye and smile, and they get their hair done, and you know it's just a, a very interesting change. And what that means to me is that they have more self-esteem and they feel better about themselves. So they've studied that, and plastic surgeons have studied that. And there was an article in the Acta Chirurgy Plastico. It's a Greek journal, and uh, it was on body image and body satisfaction and self-esteem after cosmetic surgery. It's really very interesting. So the things that I have seen in my practice are seen not just by me, but by most plastic surgeons, hopefully most, um, and hopefully all plastic surgeons. And certainly it's been studied in the psychological literature. And so they looked at breast augmentation patients in uh, teenagers. And, and, you know, we usually do those starting at about age 18 or so. And the majority of breast augmentations are from about age 18 to the late 20s. There's another peak after pregnancy uh, because a lot of women have involuted breasts after pregnancy. And so after pregnancy, they want to uh, restore their breasts to the size they were before pregnancy. Uh, but it, it turns out that in the study, they asked people, are you more satisfied with your body image before or after surgery? And it's it's pretty obvious, right? If you're going to have surgery, you better be uh, more uh, satisfied afterwards. And uh, and it turns out that um, uh, about 80% of women, about 80% of women uh, felt that their image was significantly better and they felt better about themselves after surgery, after breast augmentation surgery. They reported that they were very satisfied. So if you look at the number of people that were satisfied with their appearance before surgery was somewhere in the area of 7%.
and then it rose way, way up afterwards. And, and it extended to sexual satisfaction also with surgery because uh, before surgery, before these breast augmentations, about 18% of people said they felt very bad about their body image before surgery during sex. And afterwards, after a breast augmentation, only about 2% did. That's an enormous change. And you say, well, you know, it's still very frivolous, isn't it? But it's not. It's not if it's you, and it's not if it's your daughter. It's not if, you're, if it's your spouse, because these things are extremely important. And it, it kind of underscores that cosmetic surgery is not just a frivolous thing. You know, when you watch these tabloids, it's like this person got this, and this person got that, and their, you know, a reality show shows this. But... When you really get down to basics, what cosmetic surgery is, is a way to improve the sense of normalcy, the sense of you are just like everybody else, maybe a little better in appearance, but it's often for people who have the feeling that they're just not as attractive as someone else, whether it's their breasts or their fat on their hips or a large nose, or as you get older, the wrinkles on your face or the extra skin of your eyelids. I'm Dr. Arthur Perry, board-certified plastic surgeon, host of What's Your Wrinkle? The phone number 800-321-0710, 800-321-0710. Noah, let's go ahead and take that next break now. Did you know that most skincare is useless, even fraudulent, and often toxic? I'm plastic surgeon Dr. Arthur Perry. I needed great skincare for my patients, but really could not find products that dramatically improve skin health. So I went to the books and I created a line of skincare that reduces the appearance of wrinkles and truly rejuvenates skin. I want everyone to try my products, and so for a limited time, I'm offering my Beauty in a Bottle Nighttime Serum at a great price. Normally, this is $65, but for WOR listeners, it's $40 plus shipping. Nighttime contains vitamins C and A, fruit acids, antioxidants, and skin brighteners. That's all you need for beautiful skin. It's so simple that your friends and relatives will be asking you, what are you doing to look so good? Go to drperrys.com, that's D-R-P-E-R-R-Y-S.com, or give us a call at 844-DR-PERRY. Use the WOR20 code for the discount. To learn more, listen every Saturday evening, 6 p.m., right here on WOR. You're listening to What's Your Wrinkle with Dr. Arthur Perry. What's your wrinkle? And we're back. This is Dr. Arthur Perry. This is What's Your Wrinkle right here on WOR. The phone number 800-321-0710. You know, I haven't talked much about Plexiderm lately. How many of you used Plexiderm? I bet you a lot of you. Plexiderm is quite a remarkable substance. It's a it's uh, my good friend John Greenhut's company. It's not mine, unfortunately. I wish it were my product, but it's not. Plexiderm is something that can instantly, instantly make you look younger. And I've talked about this uh, on the show frequently. You know, surgery can't make you look younger instantly. Maybe, maybe you know, one of these laser procedures that you know, there's only a few things that I can make you look better instantly. Maybe lasering those red capillaries on your face. That's one of them. And and maybe a wrinkle filler. But for the most part, you know, the procedures that I do have a lag behind them. You know, there's I do a facelift. It's going to be a couple of weeks before you really look good, right? You have to But but if you use Plexiderm, you can look good in 3 minutes. It's really quite remarkable. It's not surgery. It's not skincare. It's closer 
you know, it's closer to a makeup, really, because it's a silicone material that you put on your skin. You put it on your lower eyelids, or you put it on your crow's feet, or you put it on your jowls or your neck, and you let it dry. That's actually, for those of you who are chemists, it's really, it has to cure, not dry. There's a difference. Glue dries, and this material cures, like the, uh, like the silicone that you put around your windows, right? But it does something remarkable when it does dry. It really compresses the bags under your eyes. So if you're going to be on television this evening, if you're going on CNN, you know, that's what you want to do. You want to put that on. And I know a lot of my friends over at the radio, the, T, the radio also, but the TV stations do use this product because they want to look as good as possible. If you're going out on a date, you know, tonight, it's, it's Saturday night. You're getting dressed right now. Uh, you're out there in the Hamptons and you're ready for uh, action tonight. Yeah, but you've got those wrinkles underneath your eyes. Well, you know, put the Plexiderm on and you'll look spectacular. So my friend John Greenhead has given me a, an 800 number to give to you. It's 800-925-9963. If you use that number, you will be able to get Plexiderm at 50% off the normal price. If you don't use that number, you won't be able to get it. 800-925-9963. That's 800-925-9963. Now, here's what happens, though. It's the Cinderella product, right? You know what happened to Cinderella at midnight. You know, the, uh, you know, I don't have to go over the story with you, but it wasn't pretty. But And that's what happens when you wash this off your face. Your wrinkles reappear. So make sure <laughs> you don't get your face wet while you have the Plexiderm on because uh, the wrinkles will return prematurely. This is more like a makeup not like surgery. All right, Plexiderm, 800-925-9963. This morning, I received a phone call from one of my facelift patients, and she said she's having pain in her breast. Now, I didn't operate on her breast, but a while back, she had a breast augmentation by another plastic surgeon, and she had silicone gel breast implants years and years ago, that had ruptured, and, and that's been a problem with these implants. The gummy bear implants that I implant now are much less likely to rupture than the old silicone non-gummy bear implants, uh, you know, the standard implants. But they did rupture, and the peak year of rupturing, they started to rupture around age 10, 10 years. So, and that's why the, the uh, common lore was that you take your implants out at 10 years. That's, that's actually not true. Uh, but the reason people say 10 years is because the rupture curve begins to rise at around 10 years. Some of the implants rupture earlier. That means they get a leak, by the way. Uh, and the silicone, kind of like a goo, begins to ooze out. So if you know that you have a leak, you want to have those implants taken out right away before it spreads. Because the, uh, the goo, the stuff in those implants, can spread and spread. And I've taken it out of people's uh, abdomen, not inside the abdomen, but it's gone beyond their breast to the upper abdomen. I've taken it out of, of women's arms. It's gone into the armpit and down the arm. The goal is, and the advice that I'm giving you, and, and remember, if you're not my patient, I can't give you real advice, but this is just sort of education to the public. I'm not giving you personal advice. That's the legal disclaimer, of course. But I do tell my patients they should have MRIs if they've got breast implants in. MRIs, and the uh, FDA uh, advice is three years after implantation and every two years thereafter. But they're just looking for integrity of the implant. I, I want to also see what's going on in your breast because the breast implants block mammograms. And in one study, as much as 60% of the breast tissue was blocked 
by breast implants when looking at a mammogram. So MRIs can see right through those breast implants. You can see all the tissue. So I advise my patients to have MRIs afterwards. And if you cannot afford MRIs, don't have the breast implants. You know, it's like uh, if you can't afford the insurance for your car, don't get a car. It's going to cost you two or $3,000 a year or 4000 if you're a bad driver. Uh, and, uh, you know, you have to be able to afford that ins- insurance just the same way you need to be able to afford the MRIs because insurance will not pay for the MRI. They might if you have a lump, you know, but then that's after the fact because uh, if the implants have already leaked, you want to find out early on. So MRIs are very important. Now back to my patient who called me. She said she was having pain for the last couple weeks in her breast. Now she had a ruptured implant years ago. The implant was taken out. Uh, When that happens, some of the silicone gel leaks out outside of the implant and then gets encased in scar tissue by your body because your body sees it as foreign, just like it sees a splinter. And it will encase the splinter in scar tissue. Same thing happens with breast implant, the goo inside breast implants. And by the way, it is really a goo in those old breast implants. I would not implant those again, even though some people are. Uh, If you have ever caulked your windows, you know, you buy that stuff at Home Depot and caulk the windows and you get it on your hands, that's very similar chemically to what's in breast implants, the old ones. The new ones, the gummy bear implants, and the the real name is a form-stable implant, uh, they're much safer. They really are because if they get cut, if they rupture, the material stays inside them. And there are some plastic surgeons that, uh, for fun, have cut these implants in half and nailed them up to their wall to see how many months or years it takes for the goo to leave the implant. And I think uh, people are at the many-year mark with these implants, which is very good news for you because the new material inside those breast implants will not do what the old ones did. Nevertheless, you should have MRIs to check the integrity of the implants, and if they are ruptured, you'll want to have those taken out. And as you get up in years, I've taken uh, out a lot of implants in women now 50 and 60 and 70 years old, and and sometimes we don't replace the implants. Sometimes we do. It's a very personal decision uh, whether or not you take the implant out and put a new one in or maybe take it out and do a breast lift. Unless you're willing to have those MRIs, because it's very important. Obviously, one in nine or so women get breast cancer, and in some groups, some ethnic groups, and people with the BRC gene, it's a lot higher than that. You don't want to have to live with that hanging over your head. Some people don't at all, and the people who have that over their head and do not have the MRIs, well, you're really playing with fire because it's two years, two years of growth of a breast cancer before you can feel it for the most part. And the advantage of the mammogram or an MRI is you see it two years earlier, and it could be the difference between surviving or not surviving breast cancer. So back to uh, the patient that called me this morning. She had pain in her breast. Uh, I am seeing her um, Monday morning first thing. We've got an MRI already scheduled for her, I believe, and we're going to uh, make a determination. But more than likely, because she's had a ruptured implant in the past and she's had goo leak and little nodules in the past that are completely benign, but we have to take those out anyway because we have to be sure that it's not something bad. That's going to be the course of this woman. Uh, You know, we'll get the MRI, and as long as it doesn't show anything, we just watch, and hopefully the pain is nothing. We refer to a general surgeon uh, if there is pain in the breast, by the way. A plastic surgeon usually doesn't manage pain in the breast unless it is clearly related 
to the breast implants. So uh, that's the story. We'll give you an update uh, next week, but hopefully everything will be just fine with her. I'm Dr. Arthur Perry. This is What's Your Wrinkle right here on WOR, the phone number. 800-321-0710, How many of you think that um, aromatherapy is a good thing? I bet a lot of you. You know, you put these scented candles around your apartment, right? Uh, or you like flowers. Flowers are great. And, uh, and certainly different fragrances of flowers make you feel better. But how about the actual studies? Are there studies that show that scents like maybe lavender or lemon or rose or one of these other scents, or cinnamon for that matter, do they actually do anything for you? Well, I've actually read almost all the papers on aromatherapy, and the only ones that really have science behind them, believe it or not, I'm sorry to disappoint many of you people, but it is lavender and lemon that have physiologic responses, and that means when you smell lavender and when you smell lemon, uh, your blood pressure actually can go down a little bit. That's a good thing. Your heart rate can go down a little bit. And they've exposed psychiatric patients and dementia patients to lavender in particular, and they get favorable responses, calming of agitation with this. So it, it then uh, occurs to surgeons, well, maybe we should expose people to, uh, to lavender which is the most studied aromatherapy agent, before surgery, and maybe we can kind of calm anxiety and make them feel better. So there was a study, and it was just published, The Effect of Lavender Oil on Perioperative Pain, Anxiety, and Depression, and Sleep After Breast Reconstruction. So what do you, what do you think happened? Well, you know, they, they exposed people. There was about 50 patients or so. Uh, some of them uh, were exposed to get lavender oil, and some just got coconut oil, which uh, throughout the entire hospitalization from before their surgical procedure to afterwards. And then they kind of looked, you know, what difference did it make? Did it, did it help them? Well, you know, it turns out that it did not help. Too bad, right? It's one of those things that you kind of want it to help, you know, something nice like lavender oil or something to that effect. You know, let's put some lavender in the patient room and, and they'll be less anxious. Didn't work. Didn't work after uh, around breast reconstruction surgery. Did not make a difference what you smelled. Uh, anxiety was always less after surgery, uh, but depression was always a little bit more after surgery, unfortunately. And that was in breast reconstruction. These are people who were diagnosed with breast cancer and then had reconstruction. So, you know, I like science, and uh, that's an understatement, right? But we want to do the things that are appropriate and scientifically founded. And aromatherapy is one of those uh, areas that we really want it to work, but there isn't a lot of evidence except with just, you know, very the soft studies and soft studies about uh, heart rate and blood pressure, a little bit of a difference and certainly agitation in anxious psychiatric patients and dementia patients, patients with Alzheimer's. I'm Dr. Arthur Perry. This is What's Your Wrinkle right here on WOR. No, we're going to take an early break. We'll be back after these words, 800-321-0710. Stay tuned. Did you know that most skincare is useless, even fraudulent, and often toxic? I'm plastic surgeon Dr. Arthur Perry. I needed great skincare for my patients, but really could not find products that dramatically improve skin health. 
So I went to the books and I created a line of skincare that reduces the appearance of wrinkles and truly rejuvenates skin. I want everyone to try my products, and so for a limited time, I'm offering my Beauty in a Bottle Nighttime Serum at a great price. Normally, this is $65, but for WOR listeners, it's $40 plus shipping. Nighttime contains vitamins C and A, fruit acids, antioxidants, and skin brighteners. That's all you need for beautiful skin. It's so simple that your friends and relatives will be asking you, what are you doing to look so good? Go to drperrys.com, that's D-R-P-E-R-R-Y-S.com, or give us a call at 844-DR-PERRY. Use the WOR20 code for the discount. To learn more, listen every Saturday evening, 6 p.m., right here on WOR. Ladies, are you looking older than you feel? I'm board-certified plastic surgeon Dr. Arthur Perry. Aging is inevitable. We all know that, but I can help you age gracefully. I start with Botox to lessen frown lines, and I use the new Restylane Kiss. What a great name! To, well, you know, give you more kissable lips. No duck lips here. And I smooth the jawline and plump marionette lines with Juvederm. We might remove unsightly blemishes or even reduce splotchiness and rejuvenate the skin with a chemical or laser peel, or I can thicken crepey skin with Ulthera. And for the most dramatic rejuvenation, I perform short scar face and neck lifts. Let's sit down in my Somerset, New Jersey or Beverly Hills offices for an hour consultation and come up with a plan to help you look better. Give me a call at 833-PERRY-MD. That's 833-P-E-R-R-Y-M-D. Check me out on the web at perryplasticsurgery.com. And don't forget to listen to me, Dr. Arthur Perry, every Saturday evening at 6 p.m. right here on WOR. You're listening to What's Your Wrinkle with Dr. Arthur Perry. What's your wrinkle? And we're back. This is Dr. Arthur Perry. This is What's Your Wrinkle right here on WOR. The phone number is 800-321-0710 on this beautiful, and it got nicer during the show. You know, it was kind of cloudy. It looked like it was going to rain at the beginning of the show. But, you know, that's what cosmetic surgery does. It brings out the sunshine in people. Oh, my goodness, right? And also the uh, the weather. Look at it now. It's absolutely beautiful. And we're uh, broadcasting tonight from uh, central New Jersey, and I'm watching uh, – two woodchucks in my backyard and they're frolicking around since my dogs are no i sent my, sent my dogs to la to live with my uh, son and uh, he complains a lot about that but the the bassets are there so that means the woodchucks take over the backyard the dogs are gone all right i talk a lot about uh, nicotinamide what on earth is that you know there are very few things in skincare that really work Despite the fact that when you walk into the stores, you know the stores I'm talking about, you walk in and there's acres and acres of skincare products. I mean, it's really incredible. And some of the stores, if you don't walk out with two shopping bags full of stuff, then they're not happy. And so they try and sell you all this stuff. And and the, the big companies will fragment their skincare and get you to buy a lot of different things. And what does that mean, fragmenting? I guess I, I kind of made that word up. But, but what, it, uh, what it means is that a particular skincare product will only have one active ingredient if it has that. You really won't find two because then they can't sell you the second one. So they want to sell you the second one. So my concept of good skincare is easy skincare, skincare that works, right? It's got to work. It's got to have the right things in it. And... I want to try and combine things so that you don't have a lot of steps. So that's you know my skincare program that you hear the advertisements for. Uh, but one of the things that I put in my morning program is vitamin B3. And it's called nicotinamide or niacinamide. They're synonyms. 
and it's a, uh, a type of vitamin B3, which is niacin. A lot of you take niacin with your daily vitamins. And the one you uh, would do better taking is niacinamide. Niacinamide, because there were some good studies in one in the New England Journal of Medicine that showed people who take niacinamide every day have a lower chance of skin cancers. And it's one of the few vitamins that really has been shown to make a difference because, you know, a lot of people take all these vitamins and nutritional supplements and, you know, you eat handfuls of these pills every day, and there's so little science to that. And, and some of the things can actually be harmful, uh, but I really want science, right? I keep talking about that because what it is is uh, a study has been shown that compared using something and not using something, and if using it makes a difference, for your endpoints, such as your skin looks better, wrinkles are better, less skin cancers, then that would be a good thing. And one of those things that has been shown to make a difference is niacinamide. And it takes about a 5% concentration in a topical product. That means something you put on your skin uh, to make a difference. So, you know, we're going back about almost 15 years ago, this has been shown, but with progressively better studies now that these B vitamins improve the appearance of your skin improve aging so and, and they're very well tolerated you know if you uh, if you take vitamin uh, b3 by mouth or put it on your skin uh, usually most people do just fine with it you know some people that take the b3 do get a flushing you know you can uh, that's with uh, other forms of b3 but niacinamide usually doesn't do that uh, so using niacinamide, you want to use uh, something that has about a 5% concentration. And uh, what it actually does, it's, uh, it decreases itching of the skin by virtue of its, uh, its chemical effects. It decreases bacteria of your skin. That's one of the things that it does. Uh, it's photoprotective. And it also, it's one of the few things that decreases the production of oil on your skin. It also lightens your skin. So if you think about it, there's so many good things about niacinamide that are absolutely proven that it makes sense to have it in your skincare regimen, which is why in my daytime, I have niacinamide. So, uh, you know, at night, we want to use something like vitamin C and vitamin A and fruit acids. Those are the ones that, uh, that are scientifically proven to make a difference. They have the most papers, the most scientific papers. And why do we use those at night? Well, we use vitamin A and vitamin C at night because they're sensitive to light. If you put vitamin C on your skin and go out into the sun, it's gone. It's absolutely gone. In 15 minutes, you cannot detect vitamin C in your skin. And yet, if you go to the stores, you'll find vitamin C in a lot of skin care that you're supposed to put on in the morning. So I always say, well, either they just don't read the papers or don't care or don't have a scientist on the staff that reads the science or they can't combine the chemistry with the clinical medicine, and that's what skincare is all about. I'm board-certified plastic surgeon Dr. Arthur Perry, and this is What's Your Wrinkle right here on WOR. Alan, what can I do for you? What is your wrinkle? Well, hi, Dr. Perry. Um, I'm 75. I've been listening to you for a long time, and I have a note here. It says it's uh, you're, you're, you said some years ago that from about age 30 onward, we lose about one percent of our skin thickness per year, and one percent of our skin elasticity per year. And I'm wondering if, uh, for us old people, you have any recommendation how we could uh, combat that. Well, Alan, thank you for listening, and, and you get an A for this course because <laughs> that's exactly right. So 
what happens is, you know, age 30 is about the age where, uh, where it all goes downhill, right? From, from age zero, from birth to 20, we thicken our skin. We make more collagen. Our skin gets healthier and healthier, the elastin. So there's, there's three major constituents of the skin that we want to think about with aging. There's the collagen, and that is our structural layer of our skin. And that's what holds us together. That's what holds our shape, uh, and it holds our appearance together. And that's what leather is. So your shoes, your leather jacket, they're virtually 100% collagen. And you're right, it's uh, 1% per year after age 30. So from 20 to 30, it holds about even. And then from 30 on, we lose about 1%. So you said you're 70, Alan? Yes, 75, actually. 75. You've lost 45% of your collagen. How's that feel? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, right. And also 45% of the elastin fibers. That's the second thing that uh, that declines as you get older. Elastin is a stretchy fiber. And when you hold your skin up on your forearm, when you're 30, it snaps back down. And I'll venture to say that, Alan, if you hold the skin up on your forearm, it kind of stays there for a second before it snaps back down, right? Yes, that's correct. That's because your elastin fibers have decreased also. The third thing that decreases is hyaluronic acid. Hyaluronic acid is the, uh, it's kind of a sugary substance that binds to water. And it's called the chemical structure. It's called the eumectant. That's your, that's your word. You going out tonight, Alan? <laughs> Not after this. Okay, all right. Well, if you were going to a, a cocktail party, where do you live, by the way? Uh, in Brooklyn. In Brooklyn. Okay, so you're going to a cocktail party in Brooklyn. Drop the word eumectant to the people at the party if you go. They won't know what you're talking about. Eumectant is a chemical that absorbs water from surrounding uh, tissue. So hyaluronic acid actually absorbs water. If I had hyaluronic acid, if I put an ounce of it in a cup and left it there for a day, the next day I'd come back and it will not have evaporated. In fact, it will have taken water from the air and there would be about 1.1 per uh, ounce there. So it's called eumectant. And when that decreases in your skin, your skin loses its water content. So you lose collagen, you lose elastin, you lose hyaluronic acid as you get older. So what can you do? Um, well, certainly eating healthy is helpful uh, and having enough protein in your diet because collagen is protein. You can also take vitamin C by mouth, but, but you know anything over about a gram of vitamin C each day will just get urinated out. So a lot of people take large amounts of vitamin C and your body will only use a certain amount. But you can get 40 times higher amounts of vitamin C in your skin by rubbing it onto your skin, 40 times higher. And you put it on at night and vitamin C is the very specific stimulator of collagen. It's the most potent stimulator of collagen. And it's, it's, it's pretty simple. It's not that sexy. You know, the companies don't talk about vitamin C as much anymore because they think they can get a lot more money if you buy these peptides, which can't possibly work, or other, uh, other chemicals that sound great. You know, that we go through the charcoal period. We go through the, the uh, growth factor period, the plant stem cells. It's all nonsense. It's nonsense. But what is not nonsense is the science behind vitamin C. It really is. It's, 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 it's an old chemical. We've known about it for a long time since Linus Pauling, right? Long before that even. Uh, and if you put a minimum of 5% vitamin C on your skin at night before you go to sleep, the studies have shown that after six months, 
your skin will be significantly thicker. So I'd love to tell you, Alan, that you could put it on your skin tonight and tomorrow morning, it'll be thicker. But anyone who really understands science knows that's nonsense. That won't happen. It's asking so much of your body to just kind of stop the aging process. It's asking a tremendous amount. And then to reverse the aging process, to actually get you to build up collagen while you're in a, a, a mode where you break down collagen, well, that's asking a tremendous amount. But it is possible. And it's possible. And, and if you use, you know, 5% or 10% vitamin C on your skin at night, and, and the reason it's at night, Alan, I don't know if you heard me say this before, uh, if you put it on your skin in the morning, it will disappear very quickly. So you want it on as long as possible because vitamin C is very light sensitive. Uh, in fact, you can do this experiment. I think it's going to be sunny tomorrow, isn't it? Yeah, I think so. So actually uh, Monday even sunnier. You can take a quart of orange juice and put it out in, on, in your window and take another quart, keep it in your refrigerator. And at the end of the day, at 4 o'clock, you look at the color difference, and you'll see that the orange juice that was outside is deeper in color because the vitamin C has been destroyed and it's been oxidized. That's what it's called. And it turns kind of brownish, so it turns your orange juice a deeper color. And that's what's also going on in your skin. So that's why you want to use the vitamin C at night. So put it on at night. I have that in my nighttime product, which is a shameless plug for my uh, skin care. There are other companies that have vitamin C, but, but you know what? Very few companies tell you how much vitamin C and what specific type of vitamin C. Because one of the dirty little secrets, sorry about this to the rest of the uh, skincare companies, but one of the dirty little secrets is that there's only one type of vitamin C that actually works in your body. It's called L-ascorbic acid. That's the type that you eat in an orange. Uh, and there are other types that are allowed by law to be called vitamin C but they can't work in your body. Your body does not have the machinery, the enzymes, to process the other types of vitamin C. So you can put them on your, in your, skin, on your skin, but they don't do anything. They don't do anything. They're allowed to say it, and the reason the companies use those is because those are the stable ones. They don't get broken down by light, but they also can't be used by your body. So if you were to do one thing at age 75, if your complaint is thinning skin, is vitamin C. Vitamin C on your skin every night before you go to sleep. And, uh, and by the way, put it on with enough time so that it completely dries before you lie on your pillowcase because vitamin C is the original invisible ink. It goes on invisible, uh, but as it dries, it turns brown, as it oxidizes. So by the time uh, you know, the next morning comes around, if you, uh, if you got vitamin C on your pillowcase, it will, you won't notice it at night, but you'll notice it in the morning, and uh, you will have a hard time getting it out of your pillowcase. All right, Alan? Yeah. Uh, doctor, uh, you don't have a high opinion of these uh, collagen or hyaluronic acid supplements, then? You don't have a high opinion of them? I have a very low opinion of them, and the, and the reason is if you're going to eat collagen, you might as well eat it in a good way, and that's with a, a steak, a piece of salmon, or an egg, because your body sees collagen the same way it sees those foods, and it breaks it down in your intestine, in your stomach and intestine, and you absorb not the collagen, but the amino acids. That's science. That's real. That's how your body works. So why, why buy something that tastes lousy and costs you an arm and a leg? Just buy food, like, uh, like we were intended to eat food, right? And the same with hyaluronic acid. It makes no sense. You can put it on your skin. 
you know, it's not going to get into your skin. It's a it's an expensive moisturizer. Uh, it can't get into your skin, however. All right, Alan, thanks so much for the questions. Noah begins to raise his hands and say, hey, the show's over. Two hours would be nice, but I've only got one. I'm Dr. Arthur Perry. This has been What's Your Wrinkle right here on WOR. Check me out on Facebook, facebook.com slash Dr. Arthur Perry. My website is perryplasticsurgery.com. We've got a, uh, a phone number if you want to make an appointment to see me in my New Jersey office soon back in Manhattan. And that phone number is 732-422-9600, 732-422-9600. And uh, I want you all to have a good week. Use that niacinamide. It's good for your skin. But most importantly, sunscreen if the UV index is over 3. Thanks so much for great engineering, Noah. We'll see everybody next week, 6 o'clock. Stay healthy. Bye-bye now. <music>